1: SportsGrid.com Betting Insights and Entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back into the early
2: oh. line. This is our number two <laughs> right here on sportsgrid music. Cut a little short there. We don't want to give the people too much. Of a taste. Goodness me. Have them all, Donnie, right? I'm already fighting through the freezing cold, Donnie. You know, Brian's over there just absolutely messing around trying to throw us off early morning.
3: I mean, I was ready. I mean, I had a hook and a beat ready to go on top of it and just drop like this, like a mic drop. Like, all right, I'll leave the stage now. But I was ready to let it fly for the next five minutes.
2: Man, people missed it last night in Play Sports Tonight. Donnie took out a full segment to sing Happy Birthday to me multiple times. Truly a a tremendous Mm -hmm. rendition. Uh, I was really, really appreciated here. Uh, Look, hour number two on a Tuesday. It's the early lines. We take a look at where these lines are going. I don't know, Donnie, if this is going to be the most valuable edition of the early lines we do or the least valuable edition of this segment here, as this stuff is all going to get quite wild. And we've seen a great example of that in the Eagles-Cowboys. The Philadelphia Eagles at home are a full touchdown underdog Against the Dallas Cowboys, the total for this one is 42 and a half. You have a scenario where the Cowboys are likely favored if both teams give this a full go. Then you started to get an idea, well, maybe the Eagles aren't really going to play anybody because win or lose, does it matter? Probably not. And then they were rocked by COVID, Donnie. What do you think of this Week 18 Saturday line?
3: Yeah, Minshew should be running wild through South Philadelphia on Saturday night. Let's also remember, Kevin, no precipitation in the forecast, but 20 degrees at kickoff here, which both of these teams already essentially locked into their playoff positioning. Now, you might be able to improve at a slot or two, but the goal here is to make it to the playoffs healthy. And You see Mike McCarthy, well, we're going to play our guys. Now, granted. In the NFL, you don't have a roster like college football, Kevin. We have 100 guys that you can play on any given Saturday and say, I'm going to take out my complete starting lineup on both sides, and nobody's going to play, and it's going to be all backups. You can't do that because basically you have around 50 players to use. So if you sit the first 22 guys, well, it doesn't leave a lot for special teams and also backup players in case a guy gets injured on defense or offense to begin with here. But, but let's be frank here. The, the fact that, you know, Mike, we're going to play our guys. We're built to win. At I'm absolutely playing next week. It's up to Jerry Jones say, For what reason are you playing this weekend in Philadelphia? If you twist an ankle, our playoff scenario is out the window, and we're not going to win any games here. So I do like the coaches speak early, but I understand it, Kevin. Let's equate it to high school, right? Your teacher comes in on a Friday. Would it be smart for the teacher to say to his class the very next week, say, hey, guys, substitute teacher all five days next week, so I'll be out. Oh, party. We're not going to learn anything, and we're going to show up late to class and just have fun. Or do you say, "Well, I'm going to be back." Well, hey, teacher's not here Monday. Well, he said he'd be back Tuesday, so you get prepared again for the comeback Tuesday, and he's not there. It's smart for coaches to use coach speak here and say to themselves, "Let me make sure my team is focused," as opposed to a week of partying before we get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys will play, but most, Kevin, maybe a series or two at most here, just because you have to with the numbers game in the NFL. The
2: the that and that's what's so fascinating, Donnie, about the seven right so the some of the 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 biggest names that got the hit the eagles with the covid right uh, jason kelsey fletcher cox dallas goddard right and if the eagles then go full bench mode you're talking, you know you're darius slaves you're lane johnson's you're devonta smiths all, all ultimately then going to be sitting out this game but so often donnie quarterbacks dictate spreads right now, let me first welcome this radio audience into the fold. We appreciate all those tuning in to the early line on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh, Donnie right side here setting you up. Week 18, early look at some of these lines here, Donnie. If the Dallas Cowboys in the middle of this game or even in the buildup to this game say, you know what, man, are we really going to catch either the Rams or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Maybe not. Because then, Donnie, if it's Gardner Minshew against Cooper Rush in Philadelphia... That probably leans Minshew. And one thing I think you and I have certainly told the people here is sometimes early week, instead of maybe playing straight numbers, maybe your teaser options are the best ways to go. I think it's intriguing, Donnie. Is, is it better to bring Philly up to a plus 13 or bring Dallas down to that near pick range? Here's the issue. I'm actually more likely
3: to side with Dallas here because the overall talent level. And, again, we're talking about this, and you're right. This is one of the more interesting early lines that we're going to take a look at being at Week 18 because we're battling not only who's might play in this weekend, who's got COVID in this weekend, and which team is not going to have those guys. Because Take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles backfield. Let's just say Gardner Mitchell plays, and it is a quarterback league. Boston Scott's probably not going to be there. He's got COVID. You take a look at Jordan Howard, COVID as well. Miles Sanders was never going to be there. I don't even know who actually, look, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a guy that's going to get 30 touches this week out of the backfield between rushing and receiving. It's going to be maddening to see the Eagles just put together an actual roster to get through this game, which is going to have a lot of taxi squad guys that you're going to bring up just Mm -hmm. to fill in. So even though, yes, quarterback is a big marker in this game, but I'm not so Mm -hmm. sure the Philadelphia Eagles have any weapons that they can actually just run out there and say, let's be competent outside of our quarterback position. That's the tough part right now. But we'll know a little bit later as the week goes on who's coming back from COVID. And you'll also see Mike McCarthy sort of lay out that game plan as
2: well for who's playing and who's not. I will say the forty two and a half intrigues me greatly though, Donnie. If you can put any faith in a Gardner Minshew to go out there and give you right, we talk about just it's be lengthy. competent, right? Yep. Can Gardner can Gardner Minshew get you 17 because if Dak's out there as you mentioned donnie playing against practice squad players and can't deliver you four mm-hmm. tubs well i mean i mean that's because Dak prescott's widely overrated and cowboys fans are starting to realize that which has been a tough year for them all in all <laughs> fire head coach at least you have a chance to kind of figure that out the 42 and a half intrigues me we'll talk the other saturday game and a lot more week 18 that's next right here on sports group
0: says, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: Back right here on the early lines, talking week of League 18 early lines. Now, I'm going to make this very clear because I don't want to throw off all DRS. I was going to put the two Saturday games together. I'm gonna move the Chiefs Broncos game to when we talk about the oh, bigger no. spreads. Okay? Oh, no. So we're gonna do Sunday- <laughs> I can't. We're gonna do Sunday night football, Donnie. Get all your information ready. I can't have you scrambling over there and <laughs> I can't now, Donnie. Are we good to go on Sunday night football?
3: I mean, what is this NBA? Like, where are we going now? I'm very confused here with the rundown now. What's the, man? I think I'll, Just I think I'll get a it quick little here. pivot.
2: <laughs> a quick little pivot. Now, Sunday night football, it's the biggest game of the week. It worked out nicely for the NFL. There's the world where these two teams can knee the football out and make the postseason if the Colts lose. I don't think that's going to happen, though, Donnie. The Chargers are a field goal favorite in Vegas, totals 49. And a half. Do you you feel like this can get under the field goal? Can it get above the field goal? Are we going to sit here at this three all week? I don't know.
3: It seems like there's a lot of steam here coming in on the Vegas Raiders. So we like to play the game. What's more likely to happen? This one, stay at three, go to three and a half, stay at three or go to two and a half. I'm more likely to believe that there Mm -hmm. might be some juice here coming in on the Vegas Raiders. That was a great performance they had last week. It really was to go on the road in adversity when everybody was basically telling you your season is over because the Colts are healthy and they're going to stomp you out. That didn't stop them. And a great late game run, or excuse me, late game pass and run by Hunter Renfro, look at that. You wind down the clock, he kicked the field goal to win. So fast forward, you're at home this weekend. You're not even on the road here to play the Chargers. So you should have a home field advantage that's automatically set in. The total for this game listed at 49 and a half. We should get offense. But you know what I did like also last week? As you give a lot of credit to the Vegas Raiders. I really like the way that the Chargers bounce back in the division from an embarrassing loss for the Texans mm-hmm. and absolutely wiped the floor with the Denver Broncos. To me, when you get a healthy Chargers team, which it looks like you're going to get this weekend, they're a more talented team than the Vegas Raiders. And even though, yes, I do have a ticket in my pocket for the Chargers to make the playoffs as a wild card at plus 110, I do think they win this game. I would take Herbert over Carr, but I also would take the weapons that Herbert has over what Derek Carr has for the Vegas Raiders. Should be a great game. And this is what the NFL detailed here coming into week 18. Say, we're going to move some of these games around. Everybody's going to watch this because this game is really going to mean something on Sunday night. And I'm looking
2: forward to it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to really negotiate, right? How much is my current uh, interest in grabbing Vegas? A, a, you know, maybe a buying in too much to what they did against Indianapolis last week. Because again, jumping on the Colts is one thing. They were losing in the second half of that game, and that is a scenario that I didn't really see playing out then where it could turn into a victory for the Vegas Raiders. Vegas, Donnie, is currently on what has to be the least uh, talked-about three-game win streak ever. Like, every time we bring up a Vegas spot, we're like, man, they're playing terrible football. They have won three in a row. We saw these teams play in L.A., and the Chargers were up 21-0, at the break all of the sudden you know Vegas steamed back it was a touchdown game going into the fourth quarter they had the football opportunities to tie that game all in all Herbert had a three touchdown performance Austin Eckler actually ran for a buck 17 in that game I I think the the scenario that I'm struggling though Donna, with that Chargers line I feel like going on the road still has to matter We've seen the Chargers be a road favorite twice this season, Donnie. They lost both of those games. And one of those was to the Houston Texans. Banged up COVID or not, you mentioned it. The Texans were dealing with more COVID issues than even the Los Angeles Chargers were. There's just no scenario where I come around and say, I want to lay three with the Chargers. But I I really, Donnie, don't even have the confidence in the Chargers to just win this football game which feels like a major indictment on them right now but by
3: the way you do forget Kevin you're coming into this game who would you rather have on the sideline you know Basaccia for the Raiders or the preseason lock coach of the year in Brandon Staley now you know it's going to be very interesting about this Kevin because you know we deal with analytics during the regular season and to me analytics change in the playoffs for a lot of these coaches where you start punting a lot more and not sort of you know going into like, hey, let's be real aggressive here this is one guy that said Kevin as a head coach I don't care what's going on here I'm going to be aggressive this is what the foundation of our franchise is going to be built on as long as I'm the head coach. So I'm going to be interested to see, Kevin, one of those where you take the opening kickoff, you drive down, and it's fourth and goal from the four-yard line. Do you kick the field goal on the road, or do you go for it? Because that's going to have monumental changes for the rest of the game, whereas if the Chargers score a touchdown as opposed to getting the field goal or the Chargers score zero points as opposed to getting the field goal, I'm interested to see here, and I like the fact that I see that 49-and-a-half because you're taking a look here at the Vegas Raiders offense and scratching your head a little bit like, man, they don't do very much here, but the defense has been pretty stout over the past couple weeks. So now with Waller coming back, does this open it up more, or is this just because the Chargers will stay aggressive and hopefully the Raiders can actually match that here? That under mm-hmm. seems a little bit high to me, to be honest with you, though, Kevin, at 49 and a half for basically a playoff game.
2: Yeah, and they went under that number the last time they met. Remember it well, though, as – uh, yeah. Donnie and I were trying to root on a couple of match specials. That was, a, I mean, that was mm-hmm. early, early season, though, where we thought yeah. match specials were supposed to hit at a 100% rate. Learn that lesson the hard way, I guess. Now, that obviously, Donnie, is listed as your biggest game of the weekend. The only one that could challenge it, I think, would be Rams Niners in L.A. It's Trey Lance, I would assume, being the quarterback here for San Francisco, Donnie. Though Jimmy Garoppolo tried to throw out yeah. there that he could have played This past week against the Houston Texans, (laughs) this number's come down a little bit now in the Niners' direction. We've got a total at 44.5. What's your early read here on Rams-Niners?
3: My early read here is, I, you know, you can't really feel bad for NFL teams, but I'm thinking the 49ers probably thinking this was going to be a game in their back pocket where the Rams would not have to play this final week and they could pick up an easy victory. Now the Rams are going to be playing for a division championship, so therefore they're going to play their starters. And you are going to have a rookie going on the road to try to beat the Los Angeles Rams. That's going to be a fact. And I know, look, again, we talk about coach speaking week 18. There's no way, shape, or form. Like, they even tried to do the dog and pony show last week, Kevin, right? Hey, we're going to trick the media who hopefully reports back to Houston where Jimmy's going to start practice but then slip off to the side and go back in like as soon as the reporters leave to sort of show that little balance out here. And you have Jimmy Garoppolo. who's—I You're talking about a team player here. Hey, you're paying me a lot of money. Tell me what you want me to do and say in the media. I think I can come back and start this game. So let me get this straight. We already don't trust you all that much, but now you have a broken thumb and ligament damage in your throwing uh, hand, and we're going to let you play against the Rams in a game where we need to win to get into the playoff. That's not happening Mm -hmm. here. And also, let's keep in mind, Rewind back a week before. Trey Lance, once getting his feet under him there by the second half, looked like he was a pretty good quarterback out here and could do a lot of damage here with his feet against a good pass rush where Jimmy Garoppolo would just be standing in the pocket. Also keep in mind, though, San Francisco's had some pretty good luck here with the Los Angeles Rams over the past couple years with Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. Maybe that plays into it. But no doubt, and no doubt in my mind, Kevin, Jimmy Garoppolo is not starting this game here this weekend. He's not.
2: So this is the thing five straight, I believe it is, for Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay, which includes a number of different quarterbacks getting the start for him. And Donnie, Jimmy Garoppolo in that game, 15 of 19, 182, two touchdowns. A lot of that is just getting the ball to Debo Samuel in space or a George Kittle. Can Trey Lance do that? Probably. Can Trey Lance also hand it off 44 times for 156 yards? Like, Like, Donnie, they won that game On the ground. The Niners' ground game is at their most dangerous when Trey Lance is at the quarterback position. The Rams also only scored 10 points in that 31-10 loss to the Niners back in Week 9 or 10. So this is kind of the struggle that I have here. The Rams are the better football team. The Rams are at home. The Rams have a top-five MVP candidate based on the odds against a rookie quarterback and we can't sit here and trust them to win this game by a touchdown or maybe donnie just even win it outright really really fascinating football game and again this numbers continue to work in san francisco's favors more week 18 to preview next right here on the early line on sports grid
0: Reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil
2: we got one more game to talk about here in terms of that back end of the wild card race i want to talk about some of the big spreads as well and the best way to attack these but donnie you have a saints falcons game here where new orleans must win to keep their postseason hopes alive they're going to atlanta as a four and a half point favorite the falcons donnie flirting with i think it has to be a little bit of history here one of their home games was in london against the new york jets let's throw that out the window. The Atlanta Falcons so far have played six games in Atlanta, Donnie, and they have an impressive 0-6 record against the spread in those games. The only victory was as a 7.5 point favorite against Tim Boyle and the Detroit Lions, and they won the football game to And the Lions, by the way, had the ball on about the 10-yard line of the Falcons with time expiring trying to win another game. The Saints, Donnie, need to avoid being swept by the Falcons to keep their postseason hopes alive. What do you make of this four and a half point spread here?
3: I do, I do think it sounds about right here. Now, also, you know, there's some things that go into this because I'm not happy with the New Orleans offense. So anytime they come in as a favorite, you expect them to win the football game, but it's not easy, right? When you look at a win for New Orleans, it's usually going to be defensive effort, slow the game down, maybe score 21 points, which if you're giving away four and a half points on the line, that other team has a legitimate chance to stay inside that number. But here's where I sort of lean more towards New Orleans than I do Atlanta. If you watched last week, Kyle Pitts, who's having a very good season for a rookie tight end here, two catches over 60 yards. Why did he only finish with two catches over 60 yards? Banged up his hamstring. So this guy is your future. This is a meaningless game that you're going to be playing on turf against a pretty good defense. It would not surprise me if Kyle Pitts missed this football game, which takes away an elite weapon here for that offense. And also, if you are the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you're running Cordell, Cordell Patterson, 35 touches in this game, mm-hmm. 30 touches to try to keep this close in a lower-scoring game. I don't know necessarily if that's going to take place either. So the way I look at this game is I do think New Orleans is going to win the game. Do I like the, the 4.5, which is up from 3.5 here at the FanDuel Sportsbook? Not necessarily. But if we're looking at totals here, FanDuel opened up at a 42, Kevin. We're now down to a 40 and a half. And I agree with that move here. If the New Orleans Saints are going to win, it's not going to be a high wire act. And if you're going to take weapons away from Matt Ryan, that offense already isn't nearly as explosive as what you would have thought heading into the season with a healthy Calvin Ridley Pitts, and whatever you might have at wide receiver position that you could could have used. But having said that, Give me the under in this game more than the side here, even though I do think New Orleans is going to win. Why? It's a better overall football team, and they need this game, and I don't know who's showing up on offense for the Atlanta Falcons.
2: I couldn't agree more. Look, 40-and-a-half is low. It's not low enough. I think this is going to keep going down, down, down. Look, it's one of those things. It's it's one of the, you know, greater uh, tricks kind of in sports betting. Give me your final score, right? And you won't. You're not going to come up with a final score over 40 and a half. You're just not. 21-17, 17-13. Like those are going to be the numbers that you start to toss out here, Donnie. The Saints have played. It's five or six straight unders coming into this football game. I think it's six consecutive unders. And of those six Falcons games here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, just one over. Yeah. And I believe it was Week Three against the Washington Football Team in that bizarre 34-30 shootout. The Falcons' offense isn't good. They scored 15 points by luck against the Bills in the first half and promptly were shut out in the second half. This is just not a team to trust here in the Atlanta Falcons on the offensive side of the football. And New Orleans, Donnie, you want to talk about playing conservative close to the vest. That's absolutely what I expect from them here. The interesting thing about this game, it's a a four-and-a-half number, and it's one team who needs this game more than anything, And it's a Falcons team that could, look, does not really matter? You want to play spoiler, okay, fine. But you know it doesn't matter. But it's a lower number, Donnie. But there are some of these games out here. The Chiefs laying 10 on the road against the Denver Broncos. The Colts laying 15 and a half on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans laying 10 and a half on the road against the Houston Texans. And maybe my favorite, the Buffalo Bills laying 6 and a half at home against the New York Jets bringing these all together and we can break it off into the specifics Donnie but what are your thoughts on the this team needs the game this team doesn't monster spreads we have here in week 18. You know what's interesting
3: because it does play a part here. Because you're taking a look, let's just take a look at the three games that we mentioned here. Kansas City is markedly favored over Denver, regardless if one team needs it and one team's Mm -hmm. headed to the offseason. The same thing with Indianapolis and Jacksonville, also with Tennessee and Houston. Now, here's the reason why you normally just say to yourself, okay, what about like a three team teaser or a three team money line, which wouldn't pay that much, but you can't see any one of these teams losing. And technically, I would agree with you on that. But let's also keep the mindset here of what these teams are. You look at Kansas City, Do, do you need style points? It's the same way I talked about Nick Saban if he would have beat Cincinnati 28-27. You tell Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs here that they win 28-27 this game best win they had all season long. Why? Because they wrapped it up. They're heading to the playoffs with a chance to possibly get a number one overall seed if Tennessee loses. Look at Indianapolis. All the pressure is on them in this game. But sometimes, you know, you buckle a little bit under the pressure but you're playing Jacksonville. It's not as if you're going on to play a decent football team. And the same mindset you would have that Kansas City would have. We're going on the road. This is a business trip. We don't need to blow this team out. So if we get a seven-point lead late in the third quarter, you know what Indianapolis is doing, Kevin? Jonathan Taylor is going to get another 16 carries to close that game out and walk away with the victory the same thing here with Tennessee going on the road number one overall seed Kevin not if they win by 21 points they need to cover a spread to get that seed no if they win by one point against Houston now again three of these teams as I Mm -hmm. said playing for something and so much more talented than the other teams where you might see a blowout scenario but at the same time the mindset in the building is not hey guys let's get a blowout it's hey guys let's not get injured just win this football game and get to the
2: playoffs I mean, Donnie, you go through some of the results last year, week 17. The Miami Dolphins needed to beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo to the point where they were (sighs) a three-point favorite. Lost (laughs) 56-26. The Steelers locked into the playoffs, played all backups against the Browns in Cleveland. Cleveland, a double-digit favorite, win the game by two. The Titans needed to beat... A terrible Texans team on the road to clinch the division 41-38 and an insane walk-off winner, basically, from the Titans. And there were a number of spots like that. Now, not everywhere, right? Because, again, the, the motivation can be varying, Donnie, but this is a spot here to me, I think, throughout this week, I'm taking double digits because... Again, the value of bye week, Donnie. The value of rest. You're the Colts. And it's 17-0 at the break over the Jaguars. Congratulations. You're going to the playoffs. Jonathan Taylor, it was a great year. Deal with it. Cooper Cup's going to win offensive player of the year. Sit down. Hey, Sam Ellinger, don't throw a turnover, okay? And then all of a sudden, Donnie, the Jags do what they do. Kick a meaningless field goal. 17-13 17-13 final score, and you cover a number. My expectation, Donnie, is throughout these games, you will do better by taking these double-digit spreads. But the one that interests me the most, maybe, Donnie, is a touch under double digits. It's the Bucks laying eight to Carolina. You mentioned this a little bit yesterday, and it kind of sounded the alarm to me. If you're the Bucks, is maybe being the two-seed that important? Is playing the Philadelphia Eagles really that important to you overall here, Donnie? If you're the Bucks, are you playing 45-year-old Tom Brady, injured Mike Evans, waiting to be injured Gronk, a tremendously injured backfield here against the Carolina Panthers?
3: No, and I wouldn't be doing that here. And it's interesting because see Bruce Air, we're going to play and Tom Brady always wants – I understand. You have to save players from mm-hmm. themselves. And also keep in mind, one of those long streaks in the NFL here is now you're going to see what the rub of the road is here because Mike Evans would love to get that 1,000-yard streak here. He's not too far away. Tom Brady would love to get Mike Evans that 1,000-yard streak. Let's see if that continues or you head, you head into the playoffs here. Not only down Antonio Brown – Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans hurts a hamstring. What are you doing now in a Super Bowl run without any wide receivers when that was the strength of your offense? And also, Leonard Fournette here. Can you afford another injury to the running back position before you head into it? I think Giovanni Bernard might be activated this weekend. So you're going to just activate him with a knee injury and say, hey, kid, get out there for 30 plays or 35 plays and get some touches in here? Probably not. But also, Kevin, maybe the bigger thing this weekend as we take a look to try to break these games down pregame you might be able to find sensational lines on these oh, yeah. underdogs late in the game as they enter into the fourth quarter because you're correct. If it's 24-7, to 7, the Indianapolis Colts, with eight minutes to go, you know what they're not doing? Handing off to Jonathan Taylor. You know what they're not doing? Dropping back to pass on third and seven with Carson Wentz. They're looking to just get out of dodge, and you might be able to steal a game here with a pretty good line.
2: Player props might be their most interesting this week here yeah in week 18 are they hang it Uh, like here's the one game we didn't have a chance to get to we have a lot to preview for you and that's what we're going to do in our next segment Matt LaFleur came out said he doesn't like a double buy since they already clinched the one he's playing guys week 18 against the Detroit Lions well Donnie Green Bay being a two and a half point favorite only against the Detroit Lions says the FanDuel Sportsbook screaming I don't believe you what are they going to be, a seven-point favorite in the first half, Donnie, and then a seven-point dog in the second half here against Detroit?
3: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's really valuable. And again, when you're trying to jump these lines and get involved, you're going to see some wacky things happen this weekend, no doubt about it. Yeah.
2: And what you also then, if you're with us right here, make sure you are with SportsGrid on In-Game Live oh, yeah. throughout all of Week 18. And on Saturday night as well, because the live opportunities will be Uh plentiful and perhaps your best way of getting involved throughout week 18 in the NFL. That stops the early lines preview. We go to Straight T Tuesday preview. College football, college basketball, and the NBA is next
0: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: The Early Line is live right here on this Tuesday morning. Let's set you up for your Tuesday night. A lot of different action across a lot of different sports. We start, though, college football, the Texas Bowl. You might ask yourself, why is this game happening? You're not going to get that answer. Here, you will get answers, though, hopefully, on what to do with a 7.5 point spread on Kansas State and a 47.5 over under. Donnie, this game is a really, really interesting one due to who's in and who's out. Let the people know kind of the deal between Kansas State and LSU. Yeah, we're
3: taking a look at, and, and I guess you could best equate this to the NFL last year when the Denver Broncos had to actually play a football game with a wide receiver at quarterback. And that's what we might be looking at today for LSU as they had two quarterback starters opt out and say, hey, I'm going to look for a new you know, job at another university. One of those starters, which is actually going to come back, who is Miles Brennan, but he's not anticipated to play in this game, which basically leaves you with LSU right now, who was supposed to start a younger quarterback in Nussmeier, who's a freshman, but they don't want to burn his red shirt. So you take a look at the top three quarterbacks now. Look who is left here for LSU. They might start a true freshman, a walk-on, or a converted wide receiver in their bowl game tonight. So Kevin, I ask you this question, and you take a look at the seven and a half line. Makes a lot of sense for Kansas State, but if LSU was in the college football playoff. Would they tell you we can't burn a red shirt on a random freshman quarterback and we'd rather play a starting wide receiver as our quarterback? So to me, this says LSU in bowl season. They're basically telling you what I've been telling you. These meaningless exhibitions are actually meaningless to the university and the kids as well. Can you imagine being in that locker room as a freshman going, man, I might actually get a chance to play in this game, and my coach is saying, you might never start a game at LSU, but you're not going to start this game in a bowl game,
2: Kevin. And do me a favor, Donnie, let's not mince words here. Someone asked Kirk Street if LSU loves football since LSU is saying we don't care about this game because Donnie you think the red shirt kid would be like you know what actually be pretty cool to play in a bowl game I think he'd take the job I think he'd play the game Um, so do me a favor Kirk call LSU and ask LSU if they love football nonsense i cannot believe i cannot believe that some of the most prominent people who still cover this sport are still so absolutely lost on one of the simplest issues overall seven like i i got to imagine donnie you call big kirk and you ask him hey you know kansas state's laying seven and a half well that doesn't make much sense scc program scc tested they must be ready to i have no idea what's going on here donnie in the texas bowl
3: Yeah, no coach, basically, right? You basically have no players on this game. And also, here's my favorite thing. When you are a bowl game, right, your goal is to probably say, let's get some ratings here. So let's push the game back. We have our own night, and I understand that. But the whole point of basically a bowl game is the fans from your universities, Kansas State and LSU, why are bowl games primarily over the holiday week? Because people have off. They can go and travel. This game is going to be played in Texas on a Tuesday post-holiday. What is the attendance going to be down at NRG Stadium? Maybe a little bit better than what you probably would get from the Houston Texans game that's going to be played this weekend. But I got to tell you, it's kind of interesting where a bowl says, it's not even one, Kevin, where you expand and say, okay, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, which is basically a BCS Bowl or a playoff bowl when they have their rotation, we're going to put this game on the fourth because we're going to have two top ten teams play even though they're not playing for a national championship. You just put two random teams together and one team basically saying like, can we get out of this? Do we have a contract? Can we actually, because I actually think the boosters on LSU, instead of getting embarrassed tonight, want we'll actually come up with a few million dollars to buy out of this bowl game so they don't have to play. Yeah. But the simple fact that we're talking about a team, an SEC team, that is what, a year or so removed from a national championship that's going to go to a bowl game where they don't even have a quarterback? Tough times in LSU mm-hmm. and for the SEC in this one.
2: I will say, though, if you're looking to bet this game, the props market draws me right to the running back position. Uh, as I was breaking this game down last night, they just only had Deuce Vaughn props, which I really appreciated. It speaks volumes to, though, how good Deuce Vaughn is of Kansas State. Uh, his rushing number tonight is 102.5. Might feel high. Five consecutive games for Deuce Vaughn with 109 or more rushing yards. Donnie, the only other player listed inside that rushing market Corey Kiner, freshman back for LSU, didn't see much work. That's because Tyrian Davis uh, Price, of course, was a really, really good player for them. Uh, TDP went out there and Donnie over his last seven games, in six of those had 80 or more rush yards, and the only time he missed that was a 53 spot for Kiner Donnie. He gets that full workload, 59 and a half. I think both uh, running backs here over their rush numbers make sense for the football game.
3: Yeah, it does make sense, but again, it is a bowl game here. We don't know the actual rotations, and this could be a master Teague situation from the beginning of the season. Going, hey, man, this kid's are going to go over hundred yards opening night, let alone to not even start and barely play. And by the way, I watched the Rose Bowl. I was watching late in that game, and I heard like Master Teague finally got in the game late in the second half. What an interesting trajectory! Yeah, exactly. But we're tr- we're trying to you know say who's not only going to play a quarterback, how is everything going to function? Who's going to get the football here? What a wild game! And another one that instead of betting it pre-game. Sit back, relax for a quarter, and say, all right, let me get a feel for this game, Kev. Let me see who's actually in, who's out, and who Mm -hmm. really cares. Or, hey, this quarterback actually can run around
2: here, even though he's not a quarterback. Yeah, certainly could make some sense here. Let's talk about some of the uh, interesting games in the NBA. If we have time, we'll get you to the college basketball slate. Lakers in action tonight as a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Against the Sacramento Kings, I believe last night, uh, last night this number was an 8. So it looks like it's moving towards Sacramento, which makes sense, Donnie. The Los Angeles Lakers, the second worst team against the spread at home uh, with a 6-13 and 13 mark. Again, it is the Brooklyn Nets who are by far and away the worst team against the spread at home this season. The Lakers, though, Donnie, have been playing some better basketball here Over uh, the recent stretch, anything interesting uh, to you from Lakers-Kings?
3: Yeah, you're, you're right. You brought up, hit the nail on the head right off the bat here. The Lakers should win this game, right? But covering the 7.5 is going to be the interesting part of this. Over-under in this game should tell you a lot about the pace and tempo here, Kevin. A 2.28.5 here listed at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You know, always when you're taking three-point props, and again, this game is going to start late at 10.30, so I doubt I'll be involved. But Buddy Heald coming off the bench, his only job is to be a three-point mercenary. But also, when you are taking a look from the Los Angeles Lakers, where you try to spread it around, maybe LeBron James, maybe they'll give us one of those odds boosts here where, again, he needs to go over the 30-point marker, which he should, because look at the anticipated starting lineup tonight. It seems like it's all LeBron or nothing. Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, and LeBron James. And the one thing also, when we take a look at guys stepping into roles they're not normally having if the team was 100% healthy, and that's Malik Monk here. We saw in the last game, right, going off in the starting lineup. He has a chance to do that again tonight, and maybe LeBron James seems a little bit more assist there, but Malik Monk for his three-point prop, I might be interested in that tonight because I think his usage rate is going to be fairly high. And again, a game coupled kevin with the 228 and a half we're expecting points in this game
2: yeah no doubt look i'm glad you mentioned malik monk there just in terms of right some interesting trends he's made multiple threes in five consecutive games uh we've also seen lebron donnie make three or more threes in five consecutive games lebron james scored 26 in his last outing uh against the minnesota timberwolves it was the first time uh where he went under his points prop after going over in seven straight games, they have tonight's number listed at 30 and a half. So if you want to try and find a, you know, we talk about those player performance doubles there, Donnie on a LeBron can make some sense. To add just some Sacramento trends for you, Tyrese Halliburton has had double digit assists in eight of his last nine games. The first four he went over that mark was when De'Aaron Fox was dealing with COVID and was out. Fox first game back. Halliburton doesn't get double-digit assists, and now he's built another four-game run, which he is currently on going into this. His number is 8.5 for tonight. And then De'Aaron Fox, points prop listed at 21.5. He had a 34-point game against the Lakers earlier in the season. Fox, Donnie, got to 20 points for the first time since coming off of that COVID layoff. But before that, he had 20 or better in five of seven games. Getting his legs under him, I think at De'Aaron Fox, points prop can make some sense here tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers moving over to another game here the Cavs are a three-point favorite against the Memphis Grizzlies we just saw the Memphis Grizzlies pretty handedly beat the Brooklyn Nets on the road but a second leg of a back-to-back brings Memphis to Cleveland here Donnie as a three-point dog
3: you know, what, and it's interesting because you are right usually you just like to fade the team on a back to back, and particularly fade a team that had an impressive win on a back to back going into Cleveland. But at the same time, you might want to let the good times roll in this game here because John ja Morant certainly has it going on, and I do think we're going to get another good performance. And you just look at the lineup here, a little bit lacking for the Cleveland Cavaliers because again, starting point guard here as they try to work in, I guess Rajon Rondo, Kevin Pangos expected to be in the starting lineup. But the one thing that will happen here is, you know me, I love three-point player props here. You know, Desmond Bain is an interesting one to look at, but also Darius Garland, you know, Evan Mobley back in the lineup healthy. Kevin Love popping threes off the bench. This game, even though, as I said again, Usually you tilt it toward the home team here waiting on a back-to-back for a team with an impressive victory, so it makes some sense, and that's a sharp line as Cleveland is the favorite. I still look towards the Memphis Grizzlies, but also I'm going to buck that trend again. Hey, they scored over 100 points last night against Brooklyn. Maybe it slows down the second half. I still think we get points in this game, and maybe over Mm -hmm. 217-and-a-half at the FanDuel Sportsbook also makes a little bit of sense here. I see some three-balls going down in this game for sure.
2: Yeah, could line up for a good prop night. You need to talk about points, Donnie. John Morant has been unbelievable, scoring 30 or more in yeah, four yes. consecutive games, uh, which obviously he continued that with 36 against Brooklyn. Here's the thing. Memphis on the second leg of a back-to-back. The last time we saw that, all, all they did was go to Phoenix and win outright. I mean, that is, you know, this is not a team I'm desperate to fade. Currently on a five-game win streak. Also, Donnie, Cavs, coverless hence the Ricky Rubio injury. Like, you talk about just regression that had to come on a team whose ATS numbers were unsustainable, then factor in that Ricky Rubio injury, it could make some sense also to your uh, notion of points, 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 right? The uh, Cavs, four of their last five, towards the over. Let's shift quickly to college basketball because I want to get to at least one game here, Donnie, which is a ranked-ranked LSU-Kentucky game. This is a big one for both of these teams. LSU had a step-up in competition against Auburn. And lost that game by 15 points. And you know that that one stung big time there. The Wildcats, Donnie, had a really nice victory over UNC. Even if you 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 win, you beat UNC by almost 30 points. You're always going to be proud of that. But really, their only major test this season was a loss to Duke. LSU, a slight home favorite here in an SEC matchup.
3: Yeah, this is early because now we're starting to finally get into the SEC season. And again, around the college basketball in the country, now starting to have conference play take over, but still early in the season. You want to try to get those derivatives that you're going to take out from the previous what, you know, 10 or 12 games. LSU's defense is phenomenal, but also keep in mind, Kentucky's no slouch either. So you have the top overall team in in efficiency on defense in LSU, a top 20 team in Kentucky here, and that rattles all the way down. You're looking at a team that forces turnovers in LSU, defends the three-point line as a top 10 team in the nation. How about inside the arc here kevin top 15 team so you're looking at two teams matching up fairly well but the one thing that could be the difference here is lsu's three-point shooting not overly impressive and kentucky defends the arc very well both of these teams do play with tempo this could be a great game and i do lean towards the home team in this atmosphere tonight kevin
2: LSU not only unbeaten at home, perfect against yeah. the number at home. They are 11 and 2 to the under overall, as Donnie mentioned, that great defense for the Tigers. Baylor is in action tonight against Oklahoma. Texas, a road trip with Kansas State. Great college basketball action, great stuff coming, including Listen Up! Close up to early line next.
0: Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All
3: right, last segment of the day. Stay right here on the early line on the Switch Grid Network, Sirius XM Channel 159. Both myself, right Wrightside, and Kevin Walls carrying you through from 7 to 9 a.m. Before we hand it off to Ben Stevens and the morning after week 18 in the NFL. People, listen up. <laughs> all right, we had a good run in the NFL, right? Through 17 weeks, heading into week 18, most people say, I got to get all my bets in because there's no more regular season football and only the playoffs with limited action. Hold your horses here because I'm going to talk about why betting in the final week of the NFL season is very tricky because why? We're dealing with a lot of landmines out here. And what I mean by that is coaches that tell you on Sunday and Monday, We're going to play all our starters this weekend. We got an NFL game, and as Herm Edwards used to say, you play to win the game. I understand that. And in the NFL where you don't have a college sideline with 85 to 100 players that you can constantly rotate in and out, You're dealing with a 53-man active roster. And also on top of that, some COVID issues and some injury issues. But let's take a look at some of these games where those traps are starting to send in because you're trying to find out what a coach actually means with Dak Prescott and Dallas and Mike McCarthy saying, my starter's going to play. And Dak Prescott says, I absolutely will play. Well, he might play maybe for a quarter. And then you slide it down here and take a look at the Green Bay Packers where Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the number one overall seed in the NFC, who has already clinched the number one overall seed saying, I'm going to play my guys. We can't rest for too long. Are you kidding me? You're going to put Aaron Rodgers out there on that banged up toe, your golden ticket here to get to the Super Bowl and risk it in a meaningless game against the Detroit Lions. I don't buy it at this point here. And there's also other games like Chicago and Minnesota, Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins. The game means nothing. So maybe we open up the offenses. Don't, excuse me, I should say, don't get into these landmine situations without reading up exactly of what's. Going on, and oh, yeah, there's something going around called COVID at this time that might interrupt you as well. Stay tuned, guys. Ben Stevens has you covered here on the morning after from 9 to 12 right here on the grid. Stick with us.
0: The only place to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information, but we just call it the edge. This is